Welcome to Mind Speak. I'm your host, Holly Higgins, a hypnotherapist and holistic mental health nerd. And I'm here to help you use the power of your mind to become happier, healthier, and more of who you really are. Let's dive in. Hello, and thank you for such a warm welcome back to internet land, back to podcast land. After last week's episode, I got a lot of messages from you guys just sending me a lot of love and welcoming me back, and I really, really appreciate it. Before we dive in, (laughs) I have to share this hilarious story with you. So I shared last week, my husband and I are moving to a large homestead slash mini farm in Tennessee. And my nephews are very excited about it. So I got a call from my three-year-old nephew this morning. And he said, Aunt Holly, are we going to have camels on your farm? Can we have camels on your farm? And I said, I don't know, bud. I I don't think we're going to have camels. He says, well, I want a tiny camel just for me so that I can ride around on a tiny camel. (laughs) And of course, I laughed hysterically. (laughs) And I said, I don't know, bud. I don't know if we can get tiny camels and he says well i want a tiny camel just for me so if anybody out there has tiny camel hookups (laughs) your girl's in need (laughs) give me the lead on tiny camels anyway on to today's episode i have a question for you is there anything in your life that makes you go oh why do i always do that Or maybe, why can I never do that? So two questions on either side of the coin. You ask yourself, why can't I do this thing that I really desperately want to do? Or why do I always end up doing this thing that I really, really don't want to do? A lot of times these will show up as either habits that we want to get into, but we can't seem to get into, or habits that we have that we really don't want to have. But it can also show up as bigger themes around like, I really want to start this business, but I'm terrified. Or I really want to, hey, this was me at one point. I really want to start a podcast, but I'm terrified. What I want to talk about today with a very specific example is that your mind always has a really, really good reason for why you do things and why you don't do things. Your subconscious mind always has the most beautiful reason for why you behave the way you behave. And even if you curse yourself and you loathe yourself all the time, I can almost promise you that if you knew the subconscious reason for why you behave or why you don't behave in certain ways, it would probably bring you to tears. Usually when you're stuck in this kind of loop, it has nothing to do with willpower. And it's your subconscious trying desperately to keep you safe and alive and happy. And you might be thinking, hmm, I don't know, Holly, because this thing that I do that I don't want to do, like it's really not making me happy. (laughs) So I want to share a really specific example with you from my own life so that this concept makes a little bit more sense. And then once I've provided the example, what I'm going to do is I'm going to devote a future episode to diving into this topic more thoroughly. The topic being, (laughs) 
why your mind thinks it's your best friend and it's doing you tons of amazing favors, even though you are being driven crazy. (laughs) I'll come up with a better title. So for me, one of the most puzzling things I have ever encountered is why I always sleep in. Why I can't wake up with my alarm. This has been, until recently, hint, hint, this has been a lifelong pattern of mine. I have tried all the tricks in the book. I've tried the thing where you set your alarm across the room, or you put your alarm in a different room, or you wake up and you brush your teeth and you splash cold water on your face, or you take a shower, or you immediately have coffee, or if there is some kind of dumb hack for getting yourself to wake up on time, I have tried it and I have failed. And this goes way, way, way back. I remember being a young adult, being a teenager, and never being able to wake up with my alarm. And it really, really frustrated me because I am a person who, when she sets her mind on something, she can usually achieve it. So (laughs) I've lost 70 pounds. I became debt-free. I got off of medications that are really hard to get off of. I've started a successful business, but I can't freaking wake up on time. Are you kidding me? It drove me up the wall. And sleeping in might not sound like that big of a deal. Oh, Holly, you make your own schedule. If I made my own schedule, I'd sleep in too. Trust me, if you made your own schedule or if you do make your own schedule, you don't say that because inevitably what happens is I'm laying there in bed, super cozy, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to hit snooze. The sleep thing is really cool. I'm just going to hit snooze. And then you wake up an hour or an hour and a half or however long later And then you're behind the eight ball and then you're trying to catch up with your day. And then you feel constantly frustrated that you lost all this time in your day. And it just sleeping in is not a fun habit to get into. There's that initial warm cozy of, ooh, I get to stay in the covers. And then you wake up and you're really mad at yourself. So I was constantly really, really mad at myself for sleeping my day away. It finally dawned on me to do hypnotherapy around this. So if you are new to the show, (laughs) I practice hypnotherapy. So that is the work that I do with clients is hypnotherapy. And because I'm a practitioner, I also receive regular hypnotherapy sessions as part of my ongoing continuous personal development. So I'm a person who is very, very into hypnotherapy, and yet for some reason, I never thought to do hypnotherapy on this issue of why can't I wake up with my alarm? And I think the reason it never dawned on me to do this was because it was just so deep and such an old habit that I didn't even consciously think to work on it because it just felt like such a part of who I am and that story of I'm never going to change this was so deeply ingrained, but then you know, fairly recently, like a couple months ago, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should do hypnotherapy around my sleeping in problem. So I decided to have a session with another RTT hypnotherapist around why do I always sleep in with the goal of being able to wake up with my alarm on time, get out of bed, get my day going. That was my goal. 
And even though I am a huge believer in hypnotherapy, I will tell you, I went into this a little bit skeptical because I was like, if this can be cracked, (laughs) then anything can be cracked. And so we had the session. And what we do in RTT hypnotherapy is we always start by going back to the root, the cause, and the reason for why whatever it is you're working on is the way it is. So for me, my practitioner guided me back to the root, the cause, the reason for why I always sleep in, why I have such a hard time getting up with my alarm. And when you ask your conscious mind this, the conscious mind comes up with all sorts of reasons that may or may not be applicable. When you get into the very, very relaxed state of hypnosis and you let your subconscious mind come through, the real reasons show up. And let me tell you, the reasons for why I sleep in absolutely blew my mind. So when we go back and we look at the cause and the root and the reason for a particular behavior, we usually go back to scenes from a person's life. But what we are inevitably looking for, what we are looking for at the bottom of all of that is what are the beliefs and what are the feelings that are driving the behavior? When did those get installed? Because that helps us understand where the issue really comes from. And when we understand where an issue really comes from, we have so much power to set ourselves free. So we go into the session My practitioner guides me back to the first scene. She asked me to go back to the cause, the root, and the reason for why I can't wake up on time. She snaps her fingers and asks this scene where you are now. Is it daytime or nighttime? So first scene, it's daytime. And she says, what are you doing? (laughs) And this first scene that I was in was really, it's funny and it's not the most interesting one, but, but it's worth noting. I was a young girl, maybe nine or 10, and I was laying on my mom's bed. My mom wasn't there, and I was playing with her alarm clock. She had, what was the brand Timex back in the 90s? They had those like watches. I think it's Timex. So my mom had this really, really fancy Timex alarm clock, and so I went back to this scene where I was laying on her bed, and I was playing with the alarm clock, and there was this button on it, and if you pushed it, The screen would go blue, and I just thought it was the coolest thing. And so I go back to this scene. I'm in this scene. I'm laying on the bed. I'm pushing all these buttons on the alarm clock and thinking about how cool it is. And um, I had an alarm clock, too, and it wasn't as cool as my mom's. And so I'm pushing all these buttons on the alarm clock, and it has like a 10-minute snooze, a 20-minute snooze, a 30-minute snooze. And so the practitioner I was working with, she and I spent some time exploring and analyzing this scene and the beliefs that I locked onto the thoughts and the feelings that I locked onto were grown-ups have really cool alarm clocks and they have all these awesome features and all these snooze buttons and I can't wait to be a grown-up so that I can have this really cool alarm clock that does really cool things and so I formed the association that multiple snooze buttons and cool alarm clocks is a desirable, worthwhile thing. That was the first scene. Interesting, yes. Amusing, yes. But not the most powerful one. Still worth noting. So already, we've uncovered the fact that my subconscious mind thinks that alarm clocks with lots of features 
are really cool and desirable. And that is something that I want to aspire to. (laughs) Not a very helpful belief. So we go back again. She asked me to go further back to the cause, the root, and the reason for why I always sleep in. Snaps her fingers. The scene where you are now, is it daytime or nighttime? It's daytime. What's going on? So I landed in a scene where I was 16 years old and I had just gotten in a terrible car wreck. What happened was I was driving to school really, really early in the morning. I had some kind of um, orchestra practice before school that day that I had to get there early. And on top of that, I had not gotten much sleep the night before. I think total, I had probably gotten three hours of sleep. I had to wake up really early. I was driving my car to school. I hit a tree. The tree hit on the passenger side and I rolled my car two or three times. And when I woke up, I was suspended upside down from the driver's seat. (laughs) I had to crawl out of my broken window. And that's the scene where I landed in was I was crawling out of the broken window of my car, standing up. Fortunately, I was barely injured you know I was totally okay my car was totaled it was in shambles and she said what are you thinking what are you feeling and I said I'm thinking oh my gosh I just got in this horrible wreck I can't believe I fell asleep at the wheel that thought came back to me so powerfully when I was reviewing this scene in hypnosis I can't believe I fell asleep at the wheel I can never ever let that happen ever again How stupid of me to fall asleep at the wheel. How stupid of me to drive when I had not gotten enough sleep. Because that's why I got in the wreck. I fell asleep at the wheel and I hit a tree. So I did a little bit more exploring, me and the practitioner. And we uncovered that the root belief there is if I don't get enough sleep, my life is at risk. If I don't get enough sleep, I could get in a car crash I could die. (laughs) Wow. Pretty darn powerful. So I had experienced the trauma and the shock of this car accident. And that is often when the subconscious mind really, really latches on to beliefs to protect itself is in a moment of shock, in a moment of trauma, in a moment of embarrassment. Anytime we feel a heightened negative feeling, or a threat to our survival, what our subconscious mind does is it takes a picture of that and it says, this thing is bad. What do we need to install? What belief program behavior do we need to install to keep this person (laughs) from feeling this way again? And so when I had experienced the shock and the trauma of that accident, my subconscious mind latched onto that and says, you can never undersleep ever again because when you undersleep you put your life at risk do you see how that might translate into me not being able to wake up on time consciously i would love to wake on, up on time i would love to get up with my alarm subconsciously my mind's like mm, if you don't get enough sleep you're going to die <laughs> Very, very interesting, very, very powerful. And then finally, we went back to a third scene, a third scene that has all to do with the cause, the root, and the reason. 
for why I can't seem to wake up on time. She snapped her fingers and asked, this scene where you are now, is it daytime or nighttime? It took me a little bit to settle into this scene because this was not a conscious memory that I had. The two previous scenes that I went back to, those were both things that if, if I was prompted, I could probably recall them on a conscious level. This third scene that I went to, I could not recall it on a conscious level. And so it took me a minute to, to sink into it. I said, it's daytime. Where are you? And I sat with it. And then the scene became very, very clear. And I was two years old and I was in a little play crib, those little play cribs that like you can set up in a living room. So she says, okay, you're two years old. You're in your play crib. What's going on? And the really interesting thing that can happen in hypnosis is even if you go back to a scene where you're really, really young, you suddenly have access to the emotions, the thoughts, the feelings, and the logic of yourself, even if you're really, really young. And so I was overcome with this emotion. And I said, I've just woken up from a nap and I'm looking around I'm looking around my crib, I'm looking around the living room and no one's there and I'm terrified. I'm terrified because I don't know when they're coming back and I'm just in this crib and and I'm all alone and I don't know when they're coming back and I'm scared because I'm all alone. And it was so visceral, it was so real and, and the emotion was so real. And just a little side note here, like like I don't think I was being left alone for long periods of time. But just from a little child's mind, just from that developmental perspective, you know, if you wake up and no one's there, you know, even if they're just going to the bathroom or they walked outside for a minute or they're upstairs or whatever's going on from a little child's mind, you wake up and no one's there, it makes sense to feel fear. And so we stayed in the scene, we explored the scene a little while And then what we ultimately came up with, what we dug down to, what was unveiled was it was so scary for me to wake up in that crib and be all alone and not know what to do to feel like this helpless, vulnerable little thing all alone, even though my mom was probably just downstairs grabbing something out of the freezer (laughs) in all reality. Um... It was so scary for me to experience that, that my brain said, the only thing that you can do, the only thing you have control over, the only way to make yourself feel better right now is to fall back asleep because the emotion is too painful to deal with. This realization that you're alone and no one else is there is too painful to deal with. So the, the way that my mind came up with to cope with that is to put me back asleep because if you're asleep, you don't have to deal with the pain of being alone and the pain of negative emotions and fear and being scared. I was absolutely blown away by that third scene because suddenly this behavior that I had cursed forever, why can't I wake up on time? I finally was able to see it for the beautiful reason it was there because my subconscious was trying to protect me and keep me safe and watch out for me and make sure I didn't have to feel all those negative emotions. So this behavior 
this habit of never being able to wake up on time actually has roots all the way back to when I was two years old. And then when I was 16 years old and in the car wreck and when I was nine or 10 years old and playing with my mom's alarm clock, really the very first roots of it go all the way back to when I was two years old and my little subconscious mind had decided whenever Holly's in pain, whenever Holly is scared, the easiest, best thing for her to do is just to fall back asleep because then she doesn't have to deal with it. Talk about a light bulb moment. And I was able to see so clearly how I was still doing that in my adult life. I don't have a lot of coping mechanisms, like traditional coping mechanisms, like I haven't drank in several years. I try my best not to emotionally eat, although I do that sometimes. Um, You know, there's, I, I don't binge watch TV. There are very few quote unquote vices or coping mechanisms that I reach for. But sleeping in was definitely my go-to. If I was having a hard time, if there was something that I wasn't looking forward to facing in the day, if there were, you know, negative emotions that I was experiencing, my sleeping in pattern would get way, way worse because sleeping in to me has always felt like the most, the, the easiest, most comfortable way to indulge in shutting out the world. And when I could go back and see how that had developed when I was tiny, I just was able to have loads and loads of compassion for myself. And then to see that when I was 16, the belief that got reinforced is if you don't get enough sleep, you could potentially die. It became utterly clear why my subconscious had such a stronghold grip on making sure I got lots and lots of sleep. Quick little side note, I have also seen this manifest for people who can't sleep, people who have insomnia. I've actually done a lot of sessions for clients who have insomnia. And the mind also has really, really beautiful reasons for why it doesn't want them to sleep, why the mind thinks it's unsafe for somebody to sleep potentially. You know, The emotional root causes of different issues are different for every single person. It's all about you and what's happened to you. And so if you have the same habit that I had of always sleeping in, you may have similar emotional root causes. You you may have completely different emotional root causes. But once you understand the emotional root cause of your symptom, It's really, really hard to keep hating yourself. (laughs) And you're just able to look at yourself with so much compassion and so much love. And through that understanding, you can release and reframe and rewire the habit into something that you know ultimately serves you, something that you want to do for yourself. So in a session, after uncovering the emotional root cause, depending on what comes up, there's all sorts of different tools that we work with to help you reframe and rewire the beliefs and the behaviors. So I spent a lot of time just dialoguing with my subconscious mind, promising myself, subconscious mind, I hear you. I know you want to keep me safe. I know you want to keep me alive. But as an adult, I promise I will always get the sleep I need. As an adult, I promise if I am underslept, 
I will not make stupid decisions because I've learned that lesson and I am in charge now. Subconscious mind. (laughs) I don't really think alarm clocks are cool. I think alarm clocks are utilitarian and they do the job for me. But thinking that alarm clocks are cool and desirable and that snooze buttons are, you know, the coolest thing since My Little Pony... (laughs) is not a belief that I want to hold on to. You know, subconscious mind, I understand why at two years old, you came up with the idea that the safest thing for me to do was to go back to sleep whenever I felt pain. But the truth now is, when I go back to sleep and I avoid pain, I avoid my life. And what I know now, subconscious mind, is is that it's so much easier to wake up and face my day and do hard things than to sleep in, delay the pain, and then curse myself about it later. So I did a lot of a lot of subconscious dialoguing with myself in that session about why it's a good thing to wake up on time, why it's safe to wake up on time. And that might sound really hilarious. It's safe to wake up on time. Duh, it's safe to wake up on time. (laughs) But my subconscious mind for many, many years had the very deep belief that it is not safe to wake up on time. So we had the session, did a lot of really, really powerful reframing work in that session. And and at the end of every RTT session, the practitioner will create for you a 15-minute custom recording for you to listen to for at least 21 days. And what that custom recording is, is it is a way to put yourself into self-hypnosis every single day for about 15 minutes so that you are solidifying and you are cementing the work done in session. And this is one of the reasons that I believe that RTT is the most powerful form of hypnotherapy is when you get these recordings, they're not just generic hypnosis recordings. There are a lot of generic hypnosis recordings out there for sleeping better or achieving your goals or making more money or stopping bad habits or losing weight or whatever it is. And those recordings can actually be effective because over time, if you put yourself in a relaxed state and you affirm something to yourself over and over and over, it is probably going to have some effect The reason that RTT is different is because the recordings, one of the reasons it's different is that the recordings are completely customized to what you need to hear. And so if I had listened to some hypnosis recording for 21 days, if I had never done this session to discover why I can never wake up on time, and I had just listened to some generic hypnosis recording about you are going to wake up on time. Um, You are always going to get up with your alarm. Would that have made a difference? Maybe, possibly. But my subconscious mind still might have had the stronghold on it is not safe to wake up. (laughs) And so we're going to resist this recording because deep down we believe it's not even safe to wake up on time. And so what RTT does is it allows you to address and release and let go of any beliefs that might be there because of trauma if you choose to consciously let go of them. And then the recording also addresses 
those beliefs that kept you locked into the pattern in the first place. And so this recording that I then subsequently listened to for 21 days, it's all about it's safe to wake up on time. You can deal with any negative emotions that come up throughout your day. You know, what's really cool is being able to wake up on time and keep promises to yourself. And of course, the recording also affirmed the new habit that I wanted to create for myself, which was waking up immediately with my alarm clock, having my heat, my feet hit the floor as soon as that alarm went off, turning it on and going about my day. So the recording not only addresses the habit change itself, but it addresses the underlying emotional footholds that keeps the person locked into the pattern in the first place. So if you've ever wondered how is RTT different from, you know, just listening to a self-hypnosis or other types of hypnotherapy, that is one of the ways that it that it drastically different differs is that that 20 run record 21 day recording that you get at the end is like super specific <laughs> customized for your emotional footholds and the habit change that you want to cultivate, which results in really, really powerful changes. And even though I have experienced the power of this work time and time again, even though I have led clients to amazing changes and transformations once they understand what's going on in their subconscious mind, And once they are able to release and rewire that, even though I've seen the power of this time and time again, after the session on my sleep issues, I will admit I was still a little skeptical. I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to my recording. I'm going to be a good girl, but I don't know about this because I have done this for my entire life. And even though that insight was absolutely profound, I don't know, I'm still skeptical. So I listened to my recording. Every night before I went to sleep, I listened to my recording and I noticed change immediately. So for like the first three days, I woke up immediately with my alarm clock. And then I had a couple days where I faltered and I slept in a little bit. But I would say after about a week and a half, two weeks of listening to that recording every single night, I was waking up on time without even trying. And there is a line in my recording, I think it says something like, you are a person who wakes up on time. When you hear your alarm, you throw back the covers and your feet hit the floor. And that has been my experience ever since. It's been like a month of every single day I wake up on time, I throw back the covers, my my feet hit the floor, I'm alert and I go and get started with my day. And it feels like an absolute miracle. And I don't have that thing anymore where I sleep in and it feels good, but then I curse myself later because I've wasted my day. I'm just getting up on time. I'm facing the day. I'm going about my day. And it feels absolutely amazing. And there's three types of change that can happen with RTT. There's immediate there's cumulative and there's retrospective. And so what happened for me was a combination of immediate change and cumulative change. My mind didn't immediately lock onto that habit. It took about like a week and a half before that recording really kicked in. And my mind was like, okay, this is our new program. This is who we are now. We always wake up with the alarm. So a little bit of immediate change and a little bit of cumulative change for me. So, um, 
I, I just wanted to share that with you because it was such a powerful experience for me. And it was also a habit that I really, really thought I'd never be able to overcome. And once I understood the subconscious reason and decided how I wanted to be on purpose, I was able to make it stick and it feels so, so good. And I share all of this with you today to give you a behind the scenes look at what hypnotherapy can look like. You know, what what are we doing when we go in there and dig around in your mind? Like, like what are the goals? What are we actually doing? So you get a bit of an insider's view into that. But the main reason I share it is so that you can start to see that your mind is always working for you. Your mind is never working against you. And even if you have a habit or a way of being right now that is driving you absolutely insane, maybe you have debilitating imposter syndrome, or maybe you freeze up and feel like you can't speak up for yourself when you want to speak up for yourself, or you want to lead and you want to take charge at work, um, but you always find yourself shrinking back and you just curse yourself and you wish you were different. I promise your mind has the most beautiful reason for why. And if you are ever interested in exploring what those reasons might be, coming to that same compassion and understanding for yourself and moving into a new way of being, this is the work that I do with people. It is my absolute joy. And so if you are interested in seeing what RTT is all about and using RTT to reach the goals that you have in life, please, please, please reach out to me. You can go to mindspeakpodcast.com. That will land you on my website. If you then look up in the upper navigation, (laughs) oh my gosh, if you then look up in the upper navigation, uh, you will see my work with me page. which talks all about RTT. I have an application there that you can fill out to become a client. And so I would love to hear from you if if there's anything that you think RTT might help you with, or if you have any questions about what sorts of things RTT can help you with, I'd love to chat with you more. So just feel free to head on over there and fill out that application. If you're not following me on Instagram, I am more active over there these days. Give me a follow over at Holly Fisher Higgins and see more behind the scenes goodness, including potentially tiny camels. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. My husband also wants to get a rooster. Um, We're we're getting a, a fairly large flock of chickens in the spring, more than we ever had in the past. And he, he wants to get a rooster to go along with the chickens. And now I am faced with the conundrum of, oh, rooster, that sounds great. Is that the rooster has to stay out of my hypnosis sessions? These are, these are actual thoughts that I'm having. <laughs> How do we keep the rooster from crowing during hypnosis sessions? These are questions I never thought I would ask myself. Anyway, I'm going to stop babbling. I hope you have a great week. Go believe in you. I do. 